0: This is just a journey. And the truth is it's a journey for everyone. Everybody's on this journey, whether they know it or not. Everybody, it's just, people play it differently. It looks differently because you're not inside their skin, but everybody has to be able to learn this. And it doesn't take very much to look around and see people, how many people are, my gosh, screwing this up. Just look at the latest crisis in some pastor having an affair or politician taking a bribe or someone getting a DUI. This is just the world. So we're just all in it together. We're all human.
1: I was in a really bad place emotionally, and just struggling with depression and I had connected with Jim a bunch through that season. And I remember one of my friends was checking in with me and I was telling her about different revelations I had had. And she's like, you get these revelations when you work out. Why don't you just work out more? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I haven't worked out in six months. She's like, well, you're always going to the gym. And I'm like, no, Jim's my therapist. <laughs> <laughs> and I just laughed because, you know, I know like it, yeah, like it. was hilarious. So thanks, Jim. You're, like my, you're my, you're <laughs> my gym <laughs> membership. No, I go
0: to, Keep taking your walks. Today, I know. Okay? I know. I'm just
1: kidding. Hi, you guys. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to episode 62. I'm really excited, as you probably heard with the teaser. We have Jim Beebe, who is my therapist on the podcast today. We're talking about, oh my gosh, so many things. We're talking about acceptance and how do we accept ourselves? We're talking about, you know, how do you work through or have fine perspective with people pleasing? We're talking about, Uh, when we struggle with anxiety and how to implement some tools and strategies to help us get through these seasons. Jim just carries this grace about him and you just feel more grace when you hear him talk. More grace for yourself, more grace for others. He just carries this compassion. He has a really great grip on humanity and on how to navigate this world and how to navigate the world with really hard things going on in a really grace-filled Peace filled way. I don't, I can't really, it's like nailing Jell O to the wall, but it's just, he's one of those people that you just, you want to glean as much from as possible because. He walks the walk, talks the talk, and he just knows his stuff. And he's so filled with compassion. So I hope today's episode blesses you. I think this is one of those episodes that you could re listen to over and over again and catch little snippets of encouragement from him. So I do wanna encourage you to do that as well. Episode 61, Jim was obviously also the guest on that episode. And if you missed that one, man, go back and listen to it. It's about therapy. Who needs therapy? And it was just really informative and really helpful just to encourage us in even day-to-day relationships that we have. So I hope you are so encouraged by this episode. I love you guys. I love doing this journey with you. Thank you so much for your grace. I know I mentioned in the last episode about my neck. I am healing. I'm on the mend. I'm super grateful for feeling better. It was just kind of a crazy 10 days. So we had some life stuff happen and Um, I'm actually about to record a podcast about how our body carries stress and my neck, literally, there was no injury, but it was so locked up, you guys. I had a pinched nerve and it was crazy and it was from nothing other than just the stress of life. And so I'm trying to talk the talk and walk the walk, but let me tell you, when life hits you, it hits our bodies. It doesn't just hit our emotions or our thoughts, it really affects Every aspect of our lives, right? And, you know, I've been on this journey of of having like deep spiritual connection and with my creator and on this journey with Jesus and all of that. And I've worked, done so much with my thought life and working so much on my emotions and all of that. And I'm now starting to figure out how to bring healing to my body. And so I think I'm ready to record an episode about it, which I'm excited and maybe I'll do that. I'm leaving actually tomorrow for... Uh, Four days for a a retreat, a women's conference. I'm super excited to go serve and be a part of that. So please say a prayer for me and the ladies, if you think of it. And then I'm really jazzed about getting back to the podcast next week. We have some really exciting things coming down the pipe. And it's just so fun to be on this journey with you. I did want to mention too, in November, I have three spots for one-on-one coaching. And if you're interested in one-on-one coaching with me, I would love to explore that with you. You can send me an email and we can get a time set up. And if you're in one of those funky seasons where you don't really want one-on-one coaching, but you want to have spiritual growth, but you're kind of over doing all the Bible studies and all the curriculums and all of that, which I totally get because there's a season for everything, right? But if you're in one of those funky seasons where you still want spiritual growth, but you're trying to navigate how and where to get it and all that sort of stuff, I did create the Spiritual Intentions Framework and it's 12 modules. We dive into spiritual practices, right? So we dive into prayer, different types of prayer. We dive into meditation, biblical meditation. We dive into how do you find boundaries in your life when there's dysfunctional relationships? Like how do you actually implement boundaries in a healthy way? We talk about community and there's three different spheres of community that we dive into. And how do we build you know, intimate community? How do we build those deeper friendships that are good friends, but they're not necessarily our best friends? And then how do we build a community of even acquaintances? And it's multifaceted. There's 12 audio sessions. I love that content. I would love to walk through it with you at your own pace. It's not a group coaching course or anything, but I do interact with you as you're in the course as well. If you're interested in that, you can click through the link to the show notes and we I can send you more info too if you want. You can email me at hello at dannysumner.com. You guys, I love you. I'm so grateful you're here. I'm so grateful for you to hear this, hear this episode and Jim's heart about just so much in life. No matter what you're walking through, I want you to know you're not alone. Let me say a little prayer for you before we dive into the episode and then I'll read Jim's bio. Lord, I thank you for my friend. God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for breath in our lungs. I thank you, God, for just another day to live and to breathe and to, God willing, experience your grace and your love. Lord, may we be on the lookout for where you're showing up in our life. Father, Lord, I know some of us are walking through really difficult seasons. And so, Lord, we just come now into your presence and we just take a deep breath and we just say, Jesus, come speak to my heart. Lord, I pray that you would use Jim's heart, his mind, his wisdom, God, to um, encourage my friend, Lord. And I thank you for this day. And I thank you for my friend in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So like I said, Jim's my therapist, and he's a licensed marriage and family therapist. He's been a therapist for nearly 40 years. Jim, he really has a pastor's heart, a shepherding heart. He received his bachelor's from San Jose Bible College and his master's degree from Fuller Theological Seminary in Marriage and Family Counseling. Jim was actually going to school to become a pastor, and by the grace of God, I'm so grateful, he decided to become a therapist. So Jim is the founder and the director of Abundant Life Counseling, and he really has a heart for integrating God's word in seeking wholeness spiritually, emotionally, and relationally. Jim has a beautiful family with two grown children, and he and his wife have been married for 34 years, and they teach a marriage class together right outside of Los Angeles, California, in Northridge and in Santa Clarita. If you want more info about the marriage class or to get in touch with Jim, I will have his info in the show notes as well.
2: Welcome to a holy mess podcast. All right, my friends, we all know life can be so difficult and painful at times, especially when we're carrying grief or loss or wrestling with shame about our past, anxiety about our future, or frankly, like we are just not enough. But there has to be so much more for us. There is hope and joy, peace, love, fun, purpose, and a reason that you, my friend, are on this planet. Let's partner with God so you can be who he created you to be as you wrestle through and trudge through your mess. Hi, I'm Danny, a recovering alcoholic, a mom, a wife, a mentor, and dust. We are only here for a moment. Let's live like it. I'm just like you. I'm a holy mess most days. Actually, every day. Let's have some fun and laugh while trudging through our mess. This stuff doesn't need to be dry and boring.
1: Let's dig in. Well, Jim, thanks for being here. Jim, thanks for being here. I'm super jazzed to share you with my people. Thank you. Hello. Hi, Danny. Okay, let's dive in. I don't want to waste any more time. What do you want to talk about today?
0: I'll tell you what I would like just to really quick let your people know. There's a really good book I just finished, and it's called The Center Will Not Hold by Ellen Sachs, S-A-K-S. And she is a professor at USC School of Law and School of Medicine, and she's uh, schizophrenic. And it's her memoir about her story, about dealing with her schizophrenia. Really well done. I'm really a good writer, but also just dealing with the inside terrible voices the delusions the struggles the on and off her medication for years in and out of hospitalizations and just learning basically how to manage her life so my takeaway of reading the book is really readable obviously a very sharp gal but it was this sense that it's our job to learn how to be us and she had this you know very severe illness and she has to learn how to be her and what it took to be her right including in her case she's on Antipsychotic medication, and she will be the rest of her life. How to make those choices, how to take care of herself, right? And would lose when she goes into these psychosis periods, had, would lose great big pockets of her life. And I was just really impressed with her talking about how no label is a death sentence. It's a information to help us know what we got to do, but it's our journey as we deal with it, that we can live as full life as possible with whatever we have. And she has an air DNA, her chemical imbalance causes all really severe stuff and difficulties. So anyway, I really want to support her book and just encourage people as they read it to think about themselves. Okay, what's our delusions and what's our struggles as we try to be us? That's basically what your podcast is about. How do I deal with the mess? right?
1: That's so powerful. I love a couple of things that you said, and I'll put a link in the show notes for the book, you guys. And the the title again. But one of the things that you said that struck me, Jim, that I just wrote down is our job is to learn how to be us, which is so true. And so much when we're derailed or when life hits us hard, we're fighting against it. We're fighting against reality. We've talked about it a number of times on the podcast about acceptance and but even to a deeper core issue of when we resent the very things we struggle with, when we resent that we lean towards anxiety or we lean towards sensitivity or we lean towards depression or reactiveness. When we lean towards these things, we tend to be really hard on ourselves. And I loved what you said about our job is to learn how to be us, how to live. And you've said it for years to me, but how do we live within our skin to find peace and to live really good lives in spite of, I should say, losing pockets of our lives, like you said, about how she lost pockets of time. And that labels basically ways of informing us so we can seek out the tools to be able to live our lives, right?
0: Exactly right, Danny. And then we, for a lot of people, a lot of us, especially when there's been victimization, is we lose a sense of agency. They use that term meaning that a sense that I have ability to take care of myself. I have power to do to affect my life and to have control of my life. So many of us feel like we're either victimized by others or even victimized by ourselves. And we're just like Receivers of all this, and we have no really, we can't steer it. We're in the back seat. We're not in the driver's seat at all, right? And, but reclaiming the agency that I can have, even though there's a whole bunch of things that I can't do, there's the certainty prayer stuff of there's stuff that I can't change my DNA. I can't change and say my life circumstances, even, but within my circumstance to be encouraged to know I have agency much more than we think in how I manage and how I be able to experience that life and to find more love, joy, and peace. But you and I both know it's, I'd say sometimes it's like running with the bulls all the time, right? In Spain, when they do that running with the bulls and they're like trying to dodge these bulls. For us, some of us, we feel like that's what our life is. I get up in the morning, I get out, and the bulls are right behind me, chasing me down the street. <laughs>
1: exactly. Like, am I wearing red? Yeah. Am I just all red? Like, why are exactly. the bulls chasing me? That's, they're just, yep, they
0: just yep. Keep- and trying to dive, dive into a <laughs> well, window somewhere, but you know, get pushed along. <laughs> That's hilarious.
1: It's funny because we are so controlled by external circumstances. I mean, myself included, so you guys in full transparency, and I'm not ready to share on the podcast, but I was hit with something earlier this week. I was sideswiped by life and Jim and I were supposed to record this podcast yesterday and I hijacked it into a therapy session. I was like, I'm not recording this, Jim. This is just a therapy session and so gracious Jim said, "Let's record tomorrow." And so, but because I was so affected by and it's like how when things Rattle us to our core. How do we get some distance from it to be able to find perspective, find our agency, and then control the things that we can control, like our mindset, our heartset? But it's still when we're sensitive beings, which I think we all really are. It's just how sensitive are we, and how much has this world desensitized us, right? But when things affect us, how? Give me the bridge, Jim. Give me the bridge from you're sideswiped, you're going through a hard time, the bulls are coming at you. And how do you find that distance? And we've talked about this, but
0: I'm just curious. I think that's well said, is creating distance, right? Is we get hijacked. And remember, we're body, soul, spirit. Our body, much of this is just body stuff. It's even deeper than our certain conscious self. We're already in the rapids before we even know it, right? We're out of the boat. So we're trying to get back in the boat. And we're trying, at some point, to enjoy the ride down the river and find joy in that process, right? Than just error. But all of us get hijacked. All of us get things that hit us. You don't want to be in my brain at 2 a.m. either. And it can be the simplest thing sometimes. And it's crazy. So when you're hijacked, it's on all those levels. So I'd say a few things. One is I'm trying to create a life that I can live in. I'm trying to figure out how to create a margin idea, creating margin in my life so that my, the demand does not exceed my capacity. Very hard to do because they're both very subjective. And sometimes life is just life, and I'm trying to get food on the table, and I got a bunch of kids running around with me, or I got life circumstances that are really difficult. But slowly, I try to shape my life so it's an easier life to live in. Many of us have created lives that are very hard to live in. And sometimes you can't unring the bell, right? You have certain choices you've made that are part of your life now, and that you're trying to live in. But slowly, and I think we can, slowly we can shape that life. Much of that is learning to say no. Much of that is learning to create a space that I have margin so that I'm not up to my gills. One half a millimeter more, I'm going to be drowning, basically. And so I try to do that. Secondly, I'm trying to find those maintenance tools. I don't wait until I'm in crisis. Because if I wait till I'm in crisis and then I try to go find them in the closet somewhere that I put those away somewhere, I wonder where they are. It ain't going to happen. So I'm doing my exercise. I'm doing my yoga. I'm going for my walks. I'm reading things that are helpful. I may be in my devotional life. I may be good friends, life group, or counselors or support group, whatever that is, right? I'm basically showing up, keeping the practices going that help me be me. And that is really hard to do because, come on, almost all of us are pretty undisciplined. Honestly, I'm not nearly as good in my personal life that I can make it sound like on a podcast because I'm a human being too, right? but I'm trying to create practices that create muscle memory. So that muscle memory is there when I'm falling, that my default doesn't just go to that despair or shame or fear, anxiety, but it finds a different groove to try to find. That is over years. And probably because we're trying to counter that deeper self in that childhood, it's always somewhat of a challenge because I want to skip into the groove, the old groove. But I do that. Then when things really hit me, I hope, because I have that, pre-built life, then I'll have quicker ways of checking back in. My friend and I get together for lunch every Thursday. Man, I've, oh my gosh, life is really rough. I'm going to see her anyway. I don't have to set it up. It's already there. I know I go to my recovery group on Saturday morning. I'm going to be there. And just going there is like a reset, right? I've practiced taking every morning and I get up and take my walks, throw my earbuds in and listen to a podcast or worship music. So the routine sort of carries me forward.
1: Listen to a holy mess. Yeah, yeah that would be a great one to yeah, choose in the morning. Yeah, there you morning. go. There you go. <laughs> I'm
0: just so it it sort of reminds me that if I'm riding my bike and if I'm going over a rough spot in the road, it's easier to go over the rough spot faster than slower. Because if I slow down, then every the bike, the momentum, of the bike gets pulled down into every little hole and bump and everything. If I go faster, than that and forward momentum actually carries me over those things a little better. And so the normal thing is to slow down and stop. So now I'm in the middle of the rough spot and now I can't even get going again because there's you know, too many potholes around me, right? And the trick is to keep moving forward. <laughs> and some of that time is go clean your pantry. and program, they'll say, just do the next right thing. Can't do it all, what's the next right thing you can do? How do you create agency? This is what I can do, I can't solve it all. And while I'm doing that thing, my body's metabolizing that adrenaline and that fear that anxiety. I'm distracting myself. I'm feeling productive in one area of my life. I'm giving myself, feeling a little proud of myself or feeling more accomplished and better because my pantry's a little better organized, any of those things. And that, and the other part of me is also still going on and metabolizing. So it can be really helpful. So I do that next right thing and I do the next right thing and next right thing.
1: I love that. You said a couple points I want to expand on with you earlier on, you said about margin and capacity, right? Like not having so much on your plate that you have zero capacity to run with or to be joyful or peace-filled. Like sometimes if we're people pleasers, which a lot of us are, I mean, I know I'm still breaking out of people pleasing. I feel like Jesus is still healing me of that need to be accepted, be liked, do things for people. Like that people pleasing is still pretty strong in me, but now I have like a, oh, is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? Or is this just my people pleasing? Like, do I need to bake the cookies for the school event? Or is that someone else's lane? When it's not my gifting, it doesn't bring me joy. And I don't know if it's that really big of a need. Does it need to hijack half my day? Like So like discerning, that's what you've taught me over the years is like, it's not a linear path. It's a back and forth kind of bumper bowling, figuring out what is right and how do you find those places? And that's partly how God heals us too of those deeper wounds, right? Like people pleasing is a deep rooted wound in me of like the need to be needed or the need to be accepted, right? Where if I can fundamentally be healed of that, I feel like I can sit more in the acceptance that Jesus has for me and who he's made me to be and that sort of thing. But I don't know. Is there anything else you'd want to say there with capacity and people-pleasing and, and all of that?
0: So your people-pleasing is actually tied to a really good part of you, right? That very socially sensitive part of you, the part of you that enjoys helping and giving part of you that is very caring, right? So it's not all bad. But we sometimes think of people pleasing being such, we can disparage it in a way. It's not all bad. It's always woven into good parts of you. The gift of mercy, the gift of help, it helps. Those are really good things. It's just when I don't have that sort of mirrored up or married to self-care and discernment about what I need to say no to sometimes. Saying yes is great. I love saying yes. I want to say yes. I want to be able to say, if all I did is say no, I'd be so sort of sad too, right? Because in a way, helping others is also a way of helping ourselves. So that's all mixed in there too. So I think I get to know myself better. I'm able to, to do those to help others and enjoy others and be saying yes as much as possible. But I'm doing that not out of a neediness, certainly not out of fear of disapproval. But I'm doing that out of exercising those gifts and enjoying those gifts. But I'm able to have a sort of a, from a centered place to discern when I need to say yes and need to say no. Ellen Sacks' book, right? This, the center uh, cannot hold. That's what she's talking about. She had a hard time holding that center. She'd keep drifting off, right? I love the title. That's all of us. My center doesn't hold, you know? And so I drift off. And now I'm into making choices, not so much out of that centered place, but out of those other fears and insecurities and those kind of things that propel me neediness that propels me into some things that aren't good. And so you've got to be gracious towards yourself in all this stuff. You have to be gracious and have some humor about it as you're learning, then as you're practicing things. And for many people, I think, especially people listening to your podcast, probably they need to err more in the better boundaries than saying yes too much. My guess is, that some people need to learn to say yes. Some of us need to learn to say no. Right? <laughs> More so by nature. <laughs> yeah.
1: Totally, but totally. That,
0: I think it's a, from a place inside of me of trying to respect myself and what I need. Respect what it means to take care of myself, which means at times, I always tell people 90% of boundaries are not boundaries on somebody else. They're boundaries on me. I have to set boundaries on myself because I got to learn to say no to me on a bag of chips that I want. When there's, and just sit and watch TV all day. I mean, it's part of me. If I just let that go, I would make bad choices for myself too. And I don't want to hear no <laughs> you know, to me. But that's part of the goal of life is to grow up before we die. So this is part of that maturity as I walk my way. It's all grounded, Danny, in acceptance first. It's got to be grounded in this. Okay, this is just a journey. And the truth is, it's a journey for everyone. Everybody's on this journey, whether they know it or not. Everybody. It's just people play it different. It looks differently because you're not inside their skin. But everybody has to be able to learn this. And it doesn't take very much to look around and see people, how many people are, my gosh, screwing this up. Just look at the latest crisis in some pastor having an affair or politician taking a bribe or someone getting a DUI. This is just the world. So we're just all in it together. We're all human. Yeah.
1: Which is the good news and the frustrating news, (laughs) right? And I think one of the things that you've taught me the most, besides being like a place a really amazing place for me to process and figure myself out is you've taught me this concept that is so deeply embedded of me now where it's getting more natural, like acceptance of myself and finding grace and compassion for myself and really taking... Jesus's love and grace and compassion and truth from the head knowledge to the heart knowledge and all of that. So I really appreciate that and how you're always, even when I come to you with like, oh man, I'm so frustrated with myself about X, Y, and Z. You're like, well, yeah, but here's the beautiful aspect of that. So I love that perspective. And you guys, it's something that Jim has taught me in that. I really would love to pass on to you through Jim and through myself, but is finding the other side. There's always two sides to whatever coin. So whatever you hate about yourself right now, or you're struggling with, or you're hard on yourself, man, take a breath and just like me, like Jim just did with me about people pleasing. It's also out of kindness. It's out of care. It's out of compassion, right? Like we're all mixed motives in everything, you guys. And that's okay. It's very human of us. The only one who was never mixed motive with Jesus, right? And we only needed one of him, right? And that's by the grace of God. But finding hope that we're not too lost no matter what's been going on, we can find more inner healing, more peace, and not be so controlled by circumstances and all that. I think fundamentally, Jim, you carry this like acceptance mantle where like you just help people accept who they are, accept their journeys, and then find good lives no matter what's going on. So I love, love, love that.
0: Yeah, I think the foundation is accept. We're not going to stop being us. Okay. And acceptance for most people gets hijacked into despair. And it's a sense of hopelessness. And so to see the agency that I can find acceptance with hope and growth. And it's sort of weird. It's paradoxical. It's acceptance that nothing has to change for me to be okay. Now that's so hard, man. Some things are not okay, right? Some things are, I'm working on to change so that my life is a little more okay. And I like all that, but it first has to start with me finding ways to be okay as it is right now. It's sort of a paradox. I can't change until I accept first. Like a young Carl Jung said, you know, nothing can change until you first accept it. That's hard, right? But the acceptance sort of carries within it space to breathe and space then to work on things without the desperateness or the judgment of failure. And it puts this uh, center of my life back inside of me, not outside of me. If your life, joy, peace, love is outside of you in circumstances, then you're in trouble.
1: Oh my gosh, Jim, wait a minute. Expand on that. Because what you just said is brilliant. And like, I want to bottle that up. But what Jim is saying, you guys, is if your love, joy, peace is contingent on your kids being okay, you're up a creek. (laughs) If your love, joy, peace is contingent on total blissful, peaceful marriage 100% of the time, you creek, or business stuff, or finances, or church relationships, or any of that. And what Jim is saying, I love it. Put it in your own words, Jim, but put it back inside of you to find the peace, joy. That's what we're after, right? Like, that's more inner healing.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think that's when Jesus said the kingdom is within. If spirituality is anything... It's this sense inside of me that I, among other things, but it it certainly is the the sense that there's something within that I can hold that is deeper and helps me find love, joy, and peace through acceptance, a lot of that inside of me so that I can then engage my external world from that position. And the win-win is when I can do that, I actually then have more intuitive wisdom as I deal with my outside world, right? I create an outside world that's better. I make better choices because I'm not needy. I'm not fearful as I'm not coming out of uh, shame as much because I've sort of come to terms with and find peace in my life as it is, and and so but it's not resignation. It's not a resignation that says, "Okay, oh well, I guess I'm screwed. I guess I better just accept it." No, I'm okay. Even though at least factually we can't change our history, but I can change how I view my history. Certain way, you can change your past because you change what your past means to you. You change how you see your past. You change the judgments you have on your past. Okay, so I probably can't change whatever the fact of what happened to me, but I can change what it means to me and how it impacts me because I do the work inside of me, right? I may not be able to change that I have, gosh, based on my history, I just didn't take care of my body. And man, I got to deal with some people. I've talked to people with uh, HIV or people that have hepatitis because of their drug use. You may not be able to change that. Okay, you're going to deal with HIV, but you can change then how you find love, joy, and peace in your life as it is. You can change what it means to you. And this is the hard stuff. I've seen people do it where they come to where the very thing that they despaired over is the thing that they actually find gratitude for through acceptance. You'll see this in AA. If I had, I won't give up what I went through because I want to keep what I got, what I have at the community and program and the recovery, right? And there's grace. I love it. There's an old saint that would say, had this saying is, first there comes the fall, and then there comes the recovery from the fall. And both are the grace of God the journey is the grace. Even all the broken journey, even all the crazy stuff is part of the journey. And that acceptance, it's hard because there's a moment of shame there, despair there. There's lived realities of things that we live in now because of that journey. That can be really hard, really difficult. And boy, sometimes when it involves your kids and stuff, it is a really hard to find joy in that and a grace in it. But when I do that, when I find that acceptance, that gives me the position from which then to live and interact and from an internal place. But you and I both know, Danny, it's a tug of war. You put enough, you lean up against me, I'm going over most times, right? I, mean, you know, that I don't have that much weightiness inside to hold me with, that, you know, with the latest trigger that's going on. <laughs> but that's my job, right? That's my agency and my job to create that internal weight, that anchoring, so when those triggers happen, don't take me down as often, not quite as deep, and I recover quicker. That is the good life right there. I get triggered, but I sort of use my resources, I use my tools. I restabilize quicker. That's okay. That's what my life looks like. Those resources become part of that grounded in acceptance.
1: Amen, I love that.
2: Hello, my friend. If this episode blessed you, made you laugh, or triggered you, hey, that's growth. Please do me a favor and share this with a friend. And if you feel led, please leave a written review for the show. That really helps us out. Don't forget you are in good company if you're feeling more broken than you'd like to admit. And you are more loved than you can ever imagine. Have a great week. See you next time.